Welcome to the DEP Podcast channel. We sincerely hope you will enjoy this episode. Don't forget to turn on your notification bell and to follow us right here on Spotify for more podcast episodes. This week we are discussing all things freedom in light of our Freedom Month that we are celebrating. And joining me as a guest today is Ms. Heather Thentma, who's a DDP board member, University of Pretoria faculty member, and a lecturer at the Department of Political Science at the University of Pretoria. Her bio is much longer than that, but I will definitely attach it to the podcast description for you all to read through it. Um, Stainsma, thank you so much for joining me today to discuss this awesome, awesome topic about freedom in our country. How are you doing today? Very well. Thanks, Yanga. That's great. So just to give everybody a bit of context in case you're unaware of it, Freedom Day is uh, celebrated on the 27th of April in South Africa. And it is a day of respect and commemoration um, where it honors South Africa's first non-racial election of 1994 and pays homage to the country's liberation from apartheid rule, where minority exercise prejudice and political power over the majority in the country. As many of you are well aware, DDP has been running a Freedom Month campaign on our social media platforms where we've been reflecting, celebrating and looking at how we can grow moving forward regarding our democracy. So in case any of you were wondering, and you've probably read the bio by now, uh, we have an American speaking to us about South African politics, about the ideas of freedom in our country and uh, might be controversial, might be interesting to get a perspective from her. Um, I just wanted to ask you, Ms. Thanksma, how do you feel about talking about um, issues that have to do with freedom in our country from your American background? So yeah, I was born in, in the US, so yes, I am an American, but I've lived in South Africa for over 40 years. I grew up in the Eastern Cape, um, so I've seen a pretty interesting mix of South Africa right. uh, going forward. And for 40 years, I've experienced both apartheid, but also the other side of the, the, the bar and the democracy. It's been an interesting uh, experience yeah. as an outsider looking at a democracy being born. But I've also done a lot of work in the United States with, uh, within democracy issues and initiatives, as well as campaigns. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of cool to do the, the, the combination of the two. But been spent most of my life here in South Africa, so... Yeah, awesome. I think that adds some credibility to the fact that you can speak to us about this today. And uh, speaking of democracy, South Africa's one is fairly young, um, one might argue. It's nearly 30 years old. And according to you, how would you describe the country's democratic journey so far? Yeah, uh, uh, bumpy. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> really bumpy. But I think we, must, we mustn't forget where we started from. Mm -hmm. uh, we tend to look at democracy, what's happening now. We tend to see the ills and the problems and the, the conundrums that we're trying to deal with now, and we forget where we started. Mm. Uh, I remember 1994 being an official observer of the elections. I remember sitting there and um, for three days, working in prisons, teaching prisoners to vote uh, you know, wandering around the East Rand um, uh, in, in Casper's, 
with voting materials and observing, making sure that everything was free and conducted in a mm -hmm. fair manner. I remember those lines coming and you know swirling around mm -hmm. in outside buildings for kilometers. I remember seeing grandmothers who had never voted in their lives, who could not even write, putting their thumbprint yeah. on those uh, those ballots. It was that is phenomenal, mm -hmm. and those are things. Those are lessons, memories that I won't ever forget. But those are memories that this generation should not forget where we mm -hmm. came from. Mm -hmm. So yes, it has been bumpy in the last couple of years, um, maybe ten or so. Mm -hmm. But we started off promising. We started mm -hmm. off strong. Mm -hmm. uh, we had everything in our in our grasp. Mm -hmm. So yeah, um, and maybe that's the fault not ne necessarily of just the political leaders. But maybe it's the fault of all of us. Mm. Maybe we're all sitting here saying, well, what did we do to create this situation? Mm. And how do we take responsibility and where do we go to? Mm. So, yeah, bumpy. Bumpy <laughs> is a good word, definitely. I think um, it's so great you mention uh, observing elections. And I think I'm part of a bit of a different generation now in my experience of having to observe the recent local government um, elections. For those of you who aren't aware, um, DDP does... Um, host observation um, uh, seminars and also participates as observers during elections that we do have. And in the recent local government um, elections, the biggest observation that we had made was that the lines were not as long as they were um, the way you're describing it in 1994. And I think maybe uh, if you'd like to contribute, do you want to maybe say why that might have been the case? Do you think it's a situation of people no longer trusting in democracy or people just thinking it's just not worth standing in that line anymore? Wow, um, you don't ask easy questions, do you? Uh, I have to say there is, there's a mix. Uh, in the research that we've done, there's a mix of issues. Yes, people are disillusioned mm -hmm. um, and they have every reason to do that. We're going through another bout of load shedding. The, the destruction and devastation that is going on at KZN yeah. at this moment. Mm -hmm. um, there's a lot of things that people are concerned about, and they are things that are service-related issues that should be solved. Mm -hmm. Not everything can be uh, managed to everyone's satisfaction, but we should at least have access. Everyone should have access to those services. They should have access to a working and functioning municipality. Mm. They should have access to basic things and, and care. But we don't have that. So yeah, we're a little lost in our, in our fray. Why people don't come, if you ask my students, and they are political science majors, and you sit down and you say, how many of you are registered to vote? Mm. Out of a class of 200, I'll be lucky if I get 10 who mm. raise their hands. Mm. And of those 10, you'll sit down and say, did you go and vote in the last election? Two. Mm. That's terrible. If the youth are the future, and they are the future of this country, why are they not participating? Mm. And I find it hard because local government elections, to me, mean more, yes. way, yeah. way more than national government elections. Yeah. Local government is where services happen, where we can hold people accountable because mm. of the way the electoral system is, mm. we can directly elect mm. uh, our representative, our ward representative, as well as the party on two separate ballots. Mm. If we can hold those ward councillors to account, then they should be able to do the stuff that we do. Mm. And if they don't, then your voice in an election means, okay, uh, we, we change the person and try somebody else. Yeah, That to me is important. But we don't vote. Mm. And decisions 
at this level are made by people who show up. Mm. Okay? If you don't show up, nothing's going to change. Mm. So there's no real there's no real advantage mm. to not to abstaining. Mm. Um, we're doing a project now with Brazil. Brazil has a compulsory voting requirement. And if you don't vote, you get fined. Heck, I think that's a good idea. Mm. Mm. Cuz if you don't vote, then people are actually going to generate a bit of money. Hopefully, it'll go in the right direction. But it means that youth have to sit down. Youth have to say, you know what? Our voice matters, mm. and we have to go on and, and do it. So that is one conundrum. Mm. People are disillusioned. Youth don't see a, a, a role for themselves to play, which I think they really should. Mm. Um, part of it also is political parties. Oh, yeah. They're saying the same stuff mm. over and over again. Mm. If we compare campaign election manifestos which nobody reads but if we if we compare those mm. you will see there are carbon copies of each other and of mm. uh, manifestos dating back 20 years oh, yeah. we have new problems difficult problems we need new solutions we need new people to come mm. up with that mm. and if you've got that kind of energy people who are talking about solutions yeah whoever they are from whatever party they come from that's what people are going to gravitate towards mm. so mm. Sure. Um, you know, with what you, you mentioned right now about how there seems to be a misunderstanding on the power of national elections versus local government elections. In our previous podcast, we had spoken about the role that civic education plays in making people aware of um, the big differences between the two. But um, the do you believe that there is a role that media, now I'm going to bring in the very controversial partner of democracy, that media plays in um, educating people on the true um, differences of power within these two different um, local government, not local government elections, but elections. Um, Because people seem to have that misunderstanding that if you vote for your president, all your solutions will be solved and tend to overlook the role of their ward councillors to begin with. Mm -hmm. Um, And even further than that, on some of the projects that we've conducted at DDP, we found that people don't even know who their mayors or their councillors are to begin with, but are very well aware of the big faces Mm -hmm. of the political parties. So I think what I'm trying to move to is do you think there's something inherently wrong with the way that the system is being educated to the masses through the different platforms that it's educated by? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think we we do a poor job, poor job of teaching civic education. Uh, And I say that as a civic education teacher, Mm -hmm. Um, somebody who who does not only at university level, but does outside as well to teach. We need to do more. We need to have more programs like this. We need to, um, students and not just young people, but older people too need to realize the value of democracy. I use the analogy in, in, in my lectures that um, my students, I get so ex- exasperated, they have not registered to vote, they do not vote. But do you realize that your parents, your grandparents, mm. your cousins, your brothers and sisters in some cases, they died mm. to give you this right? Yeah. And you don't exercise it? That's not right. Mm. So there is there is a... We all have a role to play here. Yeah. We all have to, uh, to to take responsibility and blame for it. The media is the media. The media runs off of a very specific agenda, mm. um, and elections are only uh, headline-worthy when 
you know, there's not good news to yeah, say about it. Yeah. Uh, when there's corruption, when there's uh, thoughts of echo chambers and social media and, um, you know, Trump gets elected using a tweet, that mm. whatever, that type of thing. I'm not blaming them. They've got their own business model. They've got to deal with that as well. Mm. And we have to realize that. What I do think is that political leaders, people who are elected officials, they have a responsibility to get out and to engage with their mm. constituencies, whether they are large constituencies yeah. or small ones. And ward councillors, for me, have the perfect opportunity mm. because they can physically go door to door or hold a meeting, whether it's virtual or in person. But they can go and be on the ground mm. and they can, uh, can engage with it. So, yeah, I think um, we all bear responsibility for this, but we all have to kind of find a way in which we can make it work. Democracy is not perfect. Mm. It really isn't. Uh, and in some cases, and this comes from an American, American democracy is not South African democracy. Mm. So we can't come and say Americans must right. do, do what the Americans do. It's not right. Mm. What we do need to do is we need to find a way South Africans can talk to their elected leaders mm. and vice versa. And if we can do that, then I think your civic education will rise because people will become engaged. Mm. We are missing that link. Mm. We need to find a way to establish it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, um, the part where you're talking about um, people deciding to exercise their right to vote or not exercise it, someone might say it's my freedom to do that and it's my choice to do that, um, which is somewhat the beauty of democracy is that it does give you that freedom to kind of do what you want to a certain extent. Um, so the next question I want to ask you is, what does freedom actually mean within the context of democracy? And does it have to be described solely within a democratic context? This might be a bit philosophical, but wow. I have to chuck it in there. Yeah, I noticed. I noticed. <laughs> Super philosophical. So freedom, we tend to look at freedom when we hear the word. We look at it through a legal context. Mm. So I have the freedom to choose, as you mentioned. Mm. I have the freedom to... Um, to access certain services. I have the freedom to do this, that, and the rest. Uh, and those are important things mm. that we, as a society, uh, deserve and must uphold, do everything in our power to uphold it. Because if you don't have that freedom of mm. choice, then things become a little sticky. Um, but in terms of democracy and freedom, the problem for me is that the two phrases are often conflated. Yes. So freedom is seen as democracy mm. and democracy is seen mm. as freedom. And they should be separated. Yes. And I think that's where we have to, to sit down and say, what is democracy? What is freedom? So democracy is, is it's a system, right? It's a, a system of electing governments, of it, to use Abraham Lincoln's words, uh, to s- elect go- leaders who are of the people and by the people, mm. okay? As idealistic as that sounds, and it does work in some cases, it doesn't work all the time, that is what democracy is. And the freedom associated with that is your freedom to choose your representative. Mm. Or, as you mentioned, the freedom to abstain. Although in this instance, abstention Mm. doesn't help you. Yeah. It doesn't make the decision or doesn't make the, or register the the dissatisfaction Mm. that most people feel. Mm. You will register that dissatisfaction by turning to vote, turning Mm. out to vote, and vote for somebody else, Mm -hmm. then that will get somebody's attention. Freedom on the other side, taken away from democracy, Mm. can mean so many different things. Mm. Freedom to be who I am, Mm. to not be questioned necessarily about my life choices. 
um, to not be questioned about my career choices, to not be questioned about who I see, I date, etc., etc. Those freedoms are equally important, mm. and that's where we have to sit down and, and separate them. Freedom can be personal, it can be related to your community, it could be related to your, nat- your nation, mm. but it can also be related to politics mm. and to society and that side. So we have to look at that. And I think as, as individuals, we have to look and see what do we understand as freedom. Mm. What, is, what is freedom to me? Mm. That type of thing. So, mm. yeah, I don't think I answered your question, but... Anyway, um, <laughs> because it was, no, too, it was no, too philosophical did. for me. So, but the point is, we have to decide for ourselves what yeah. the definitions are. But you have to delink the two. Mm. Um, they they do have obviously a relationship, mm. but you have to delink them. Mm. They are separate. Mm. So good. Um, I think you mentioned a little bit much much earlier that um, you know freedom does encompass a lot of things, and it also has to do with the desire for people to have access to um, service delivery or access just in general to resources. Um, And that is something that our South African Freedom Charter covers. It's almost kind of like the um, backbone of what freedom is understood as in South Africa. And um, it speaks about the importance of having a reallocation of resources. And we understand that's because of apartheid and how so many people did not have access to resources. Um, I just want to ask you, how important do you think that relocation of resources is to national identity? And I speak of national identity because our Freedom Charter um, tries to sway towards that, that if we can achieve these particular things, then this is the freedom we would have, and that would be the identity of the South African, essentially. Um, And I just wanted to ask you, do you think there is a link between someone asking for land and them seeing themselves as a true South African. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I do see there is a link. Uh, Mm -hmm. I I think to be a citizen of a country, you have to feel like you belong in some shape or form. And, And in most cases, a sense of belonging is also tied to a sense of acquisition and to to ownership. And there's nothing wrong with that. That is is a universal uh, aspect. The the question you raised several interesting uh, points in there, but also very interesting concepts. National identity. Mm. Is freedom a national identity? Yeah. Is it? Yeah. That, that, you see, that's, who knows? That, who knows? Mm. But a national identity, I, I had a student who did a, a study of uh, the Thabo and Becky era, mm. and his, he inherited the national identity from uh, Nelson Mandela, where he sits down and he says, we're the Rainbow Nation. And what is the Rainbow Nation? So mm. we're all colors. Great, it works. And then somebody turns around, and probably an academic, turns and says, but you know, a rainbow has its colors are... Uh, isolated, yes. differentiated yeah. within it, which means there's still a division, mm. there's still a structure within that, and that means that there are still divisions and structures within South Africa. Mm. Now, there are divisions completely in every society. Mm. South Africa is no different. Uh, we highlight them more probably in South Africa than we do elsewhere, mm. but it, it is in that respect. So national identity is, is a very different concept. Yes. We, I don't I have a, I have a class 
uh, and you took it a couple of years ago. Sheesh. Um, I had a class who turned around and I said, okay, what does it mean to be an American? And the American yeah. students can turn around and say, um, land of the free and home of the bright. Mm. Or you know, the other way around, I can't remember. But so that's the American way. That They know exactly. We asked the French, the French knew exactly who they mm. were. The Brazilians couldn't tell you exactly who the Brazilians, or who had the, the character. Mm. And then we turned to South Africans, and the students were like, have no idea. They are at the southern South part Africa, of Africa. Africa. <laughs> and that's a problem, because then we don't know who we are. Yeah. And if we don't know who we are, we can't sort of be that. Mm. We can't rise to that challenge. Mm. Um, in Becky's the speech many years ago, the I have, I'm an mm. African speech, mm. the iconic speech mm. that goes through it, it evokes the most emotive uh, content. Yeah kind of gone a long way away oh, yeah. from where that is oh, yeah. to where we are now. Mm. We've got xenophobic violence mm. happening. Mm. We're not celebrating being part of a continent. We're, we're grappling with ourselves. And because we're South Africans are grappling with themselves, mm. they're grappling with everything. Oh, yeah. So we need, to, we need a common vision. We need glue mm. that comes together. I'm not sure the Freedom Charter is that glue. Yeah. I'm not sure resource allocation is that glue. Mm. I think we're looking for a common value mm. that is missing in, mm. in the country. I don't know what that value is. Mm. Mm. I don't. Um, yeah. But we need to find something that brings us together mm. and not find things that tear us apart. Yeah. And that, to me, is, is important. Mm. Well, I could speak about the Freedom Charter forever because it's one of my most favorite documents pick up sarcasm audience please (laughs) (laughs) um but i think the the next question somewhat links with the first one because you said you know our journey is a bit bumpy regarding democracy um does bumpy equal to threat no no Mm. i think the democracy is stable Mm. in that sense i think the democracy needs work Mm. i think we need um we need alternatives true alternatives, not just shades of gray. Yeah. Uh, we need people who are responsive yeah. to, poli- to issues on the ground, but who are also responsible mm. in power t- to make these things happen. I think South African democracy needs to be more agile. It's mm. way too bureaucratic at this moment. Um, more agile, more focused on people, mm. not on individuals. Mm. Uh, and we need to, there's a lot of work to be done. Yeah. A lot of work. But no, I don't think it's failed. Um, it might be taking strain Mm. at this point, but Mm. it's still there. There's hope. There's always hope. There's hope, people. There's There's always hope. hope. There's always hope. So, a bit of more of a personal question over here. How do you plan on celebrating Freedom Day? And don't say you're going to be working. Sadly, yes. <laughs> I, am. I am going to be working. Um, COVID has, has managed to blur a lot of lines, including mm. uh, public holidays. Uh, but yeah, I mean, there are times, moments, at least every Freedom Day, I like to spend time thinking and remembering mm. what we have mm. um, and what we've celebrated. And I remember childhood stories and also experiences to see how things have changed mm. and also to see how things have stayed the same. Mm, sure. Because there is that thing of, of you know, uh, the more things change, the more they stay the same. Mm. So unfortunately, I will be working most of the time. Um, 
I have student papers to grade, and uh, yes, they're they're demanding students, as we know. Uh, but there's also there's a lot of, of celebration to happen, but there's also a lot of work, and I think we we really do have to pay attention to how we can assist um, our other citizens who yeah. are now struggling, mm. specifically in KZN, mm. uh, because it is a, a hot zone at the moment mm. with the flooding and stuff. And I think that is something that it's called to mm. to action in a way, but also just to say we need to be we need to find each other I and mean, we need to be more concerned and compassionate with each other as we go forward. Awesome. <laughs> um, well, yeah, that's about it for our discussion uh, today. Unless you have any additional comments you'd like to make about Freedom Day. No, I think Freedom Day is it's a great day. I do. <laughs> it's, it's, it's sort of the tail end of a, a very long month of, of April. With yeah. Many, many, many holidays, holidays in between. <laughs> which is somewhat disruptive. Um, but... Hopefully, ESCOM will keep the lights on for us to enjoy Freedom Day. Well, we'll see how the weather is on that day, because, you know, electricity is determined by weather now in South Africa. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Thank you so much, Mathesma, for joining us today. I really do appreciate it. And thank you very much to our listeners for listening today. Really do appreciate it. Um, If you've not listened to our March podcast, please go ahead and do so. It is available on our Spotify platform which you are either listening to right now or if you're watching over youtube you can quickly head over over there to go listen and then upcoming in may is our africa day month um, and so we'll be looking more so into our works of the migration project and looking at where south africa is currently standing with migration issues um, today but otherwise thank you so much all for listening i appreciate you all and i shall see you next month on africa day thank you Well, we really hope you enjoyed this episode. Check out our social media pages at DDP underscore democracy to engage with more of our content. Or you can head on over to our website at ddp.org.za to keep up with any events that we might have planned for you. Thank you once again for joining us.